Welcome to Challenge to Lead C-Suite Segments. Today we're going to hear from real leaders who have overcome countless obstacles in their careers, and these stories provide a glimpse into pivotal moments in their journeys. To ensure complete transparency, they were recorded anonymously. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, today... We have another great guest who's going to share one of the behind-the-scenes CEO challenges. So why don't you tell me a little bit about the industry that you were in, kind of your, the size of your business, number of employees, revenue, all that good stuff. Sure, love to. Uh, first of all, yeah, a little background on myself. I owned a professional services company in the Philadelphia area, uh, worked there for over 30 years. It was a family business, fifth generation. Uh, we actually founded our industry uh, in 1886. So we went back, uh, I was the fourth generation. Uh, largely, we represented small, mid-sized companies, uh, three to five million, uh, largely nationwide. We dabbled across the pond a little bit, but not not too much. And uh, high watermark, uh, uh, 45 employees, and uh, always in Philadelphia. And uh, uh, a great industry in the world. It's uh, it was fun to meet uh, so many CEOs and presidents of these companies, having served on their boards. Uh, it was just a great, a great opportunity and growth curve for me, particularly as a young kid. Um, let's take a minute and just take a walk down memory lane. Uh, the year <laughs> was 1992. I was president of the company, and uh, uh, I was getting a little unsettled in my role. And you know, I always found out that to keep me motivated to keep me inspired, I had to change my job uh, every four, four to five years. Uh, and I can guarantee you, as I'm reminded quite often, that if ADD existed back in my day, uh, I could have been the poster child. Uh, but uh, I asked myself uh, at that point, when I was getting a little unsettled as to, you know, what am I good at? And it clearly was, you know, just continuing to represent um, C-level, C-level folks. So I accepted and created a Mr. Outside for me. I'm not very good at details. Uh, I hire people to do all that stuff for me. And uh, I was a little cocky at that point. Uh, I'd have to say <laughs> a little arrogant. Uh, and uh, while it's not my style, uh, needless to say, I kind of evolved in that, in that direction. So sure. about six months later, uh, I began to see signs on the wall. Uh, I saw some dissatisfaction from some of my employees, largely lower level, thankfully. Uh, I began to hear some rumblings from some of our clients. And uh, so I said, there's, you know, there's something's going on here now that's uh, that's not very good. And when when you say um, you created this role, Mr. Outside, can you give some context around that? What were you doing before that? Um, and then what, what did this role entail? Sure. The outside is really more sales and marketing, new business development, uh, customer satisfaction, visiting with them and getting to hear what the issues are uh, inside, uh, you know, dealing with paperwork and all the administrative stuff. I'm not I'm not good at it at all. So I hired someone to do that and allow me to spend more time 
largely on the road and dealing mm -hmm. with with clients and uh, looking at new uh, possible acquisitions uh, that would make sense for us. And uh, it worked out well for, for a period of time again. And that's when uh, the pivotal moment was when I had three of our senior account execs come into my office. Uh, they shut the door. That's never a good mm -hmm. sign. Mm -hmm. And they said to me, uh, we've got to take a look at the company uh, because right now we've lost our focus. Uh, this was about six months in, you said, after you? Yeah, about six, yeah, about six months, six, seven months in. Uh, mm -hmm. And they came in and they were uh, very respectful, but they indicated that some changes need to be made. Uh, while they didn't say it, that had to start with me. Uh, and candidly, it was a little embarrassing because, you know, here my staff is coming in and telling me uh, some of the things I should have instinctively known as being the leader of the company. Uh, mm. So what I heard from them was very painful, uh, but it allowed me to begin to take a, a introspective look at myself and my leadership style. And is that really going to move the company forward? So what did I do? Uh, I started by hiring an outside consultant. We know all know mm. how much we love consultants. And uh, she and I conducted kind of a, a self-analysis, self-assessment of mine. We did a study. I filled it out. And uh, uh, I took it home, quite frankly, and showed it to my wife. And I said, what do you think about this report? Because I thought it was all garbage. Uh, she says, nope, that's spot on. That's you to a T. And mm -hmm. uh, so I began at that point to realize that, uh, you know, change was in the air. And so secondly, I went out and conducted a, a 360 evaluation of the company. And I had, again, another consultant come in and take a look at uh, and meeting with about two thirds of my employees at that point in time for about an hour and get their feedback on where the company was going, where they where, where their role was. And uh, and it spent quite a bit of time with me. And uh, what I learned was nothing that I was terribly proud about, uh, but I will say for those of you who have not done a 360 evaluation, you gotta love it. You put yourself <laughs> up uh, in a vulnerable position in many cases, but there's no better way to learn what's going on around you than by having a third party come in and, and uh, look at things from a far more objective viewpoint. And then I joined an outside uh, business group. I think many of you know this group called Vistage out there. It's about 12,000 mm -hmm. studios around the world. Uh, I was a member there for about 18 years. And I, I joined them because, quite frankly, I didn't have an outside advisory board or board of directors, much less. Uh, you know, and I was, I was operating in a vacuum. And so by meeting with them, uh, it candidly, I guess overall, probably is one of the best business decisions I ever made and certainly the most valuable uh, uh, learning experience that I had because what I liked about that group, they have a favorite phrase in that they question your answers. And mm -hmm. so I sat down and uh, joined them and attended a lot of meetings. I, I got some of the best feedback uh, from them. And quite candidly, uh, I learned a lot and it was, it almost was therapeutic for me to be with other 
people at my level, again, lonely at the top, but being able to talk to folks who are experiencing the same, you know, the same issues, you know, I, I had. And uh, oftentimes I'd come home from a meeting having processed an issue. Uh, I'd walk in and my wife would look, look at me and, you know, as I looked pretty wiped out and she would say to me, hmm, another Vistage meeting, huh? So, <laughs> you know, the stuff that she can feed back to, you know, to all of you. So, um, so then I had to say, okay, I'm hearing all this good stuff. What, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? What, what's the plan? And so I sat down and kind of mapped out uh, a new role for me. Uh, being allowing me to still be Mr. Outside, but getting back in touch with what's all going on on the inside. So I started by uh, going back out and uh, having regular weekly uh, meetings with my management team. There are about four or five of them. Uh, we'd have an agenda in advance. They would help me create that agenda of what we need to talk about. Uh, I created a series of focus groups with other employees in the office to find out what's on their mind. Um, and I got back uh, to something I had stopped doing, quite frankly, or monthly company meetings, uh, where I opened mm. where the company was going, good, bad, and indifferent. I showed vulnerability. I showed, you know, weaknesses and some bad decision making on my part. Uh, I was a firm believer of Jack Stack's book, Open Book Management. So I shared mm -hmm. them some of the finances. Uh, and uh, really got into really what I ended up really loving more was the whole management by walking around, just, you know, unsolicited, just go up to people, talk to them at their desk and what that, because what I was, what I had to do, quite frankly, is rebuild the trust in the company. Uh, and so in terms of the lessons learned, I guess, what I come away from that whole experience with. And the first one is, you know, just never forget that your employees are your most valuable unlisted asset. Look at the world today. Mm -hmm. uh, the employees are in charge uh, and you darn well better treat them with respect. And, you know, if they want to work uh, five days from home, God bless them. They should be able mm -hmm. to do that. Now, I know it's difficult depending upon your industry. Uh, secondly is communicate, communicate, communicate. And mm. so uh, being... Again, as I said earlier, uh, showing vulnerability and, and saying if something didn't work out right, tell them all about that. And the last one was, you know, never, never forget who got you to the big dance. And not just from your employee standpoint, even though they are most important, but your clients, your, your vendors. And uh, uh, I was told early on is never forget you've got to be a good listener. Because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Uh, mm. listen, uh, another great book that I love is one called Lincoln on Leadership. Uh, Don uh, Phillips is the author of that. But it, frankly, it just showed I'm a history buff. Is uh, how Abraham Lincoln uh, guided the Union to victory in the Civil War and some of his uh, steps that he took to do that. So, and the book also talks about not just what he did, you know, but how he did it. And for those of you who are not familiar with the book and our ADD, uh, at the mm -hmm. end of the chapter there, 
there's you know four or five key points that were discussed in that that uh, chapter that you know should be grist for for all of our mills. So again, to be more yeah. specifically, again, it's you know he's pro provided the you know it showed the solutions uh, or the uh, issues that, that came up during the war, uh, some of his solutions that he implemented. And then some of the positive result, results that, you know, came uh, came all of that and came out of all that. And, you know, in today's crazy world we live in, we need as much direction, uh, input as we can. We can no longer operate in a vacuum. Frankly, never could. But uh, it's one that's just becoming more pronounced in the world we uh, live in today. So, so kind of in summary, uh, you know, lead by example. Uh, and when people do that, including myself, the results are going to follow. So yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I have a question for you on, uh, you know, it's interesting you say you, you design this, this role for yourself to optimize your skill set, being the outside, Mr. Outside guy, right? And, right. and I'm sure that your revenue grew as a result of that. And, you know, I've met you. I, <laughs> I know how persuasive you, you can be. Um, what I find interesting in this is that six months really in the scheme of things is not a very long time, but when you're in it, it can feel like a long time. What the person who you had hired to run things while you were being Mr. Outside, what, what were they doing that was causing this negative impact? Uh, in, in large part, uh, she was put in this position and uh, had never been in a, you know, sea level slot. Uh, candidly, uh, I think she just uh, got a little full of herself. Uh, I don't frankly blame her one bit. I blame myself for not having managed her and taken Mr. Outside to a whole nother level. While it was great, I was getting new business, all that kind of stuff. I was not addressing, again, what did I say earlier? What got us to the big dance? And I was just out doing something that I like doing, but I really wasn't contributing or guiding, leading, if you would, uh, the company as, as as it should have. So that's kind of in a nutshell. When when you came back and you know started this process with a 360 review and um, really getting back in touch with what your employees needed, how did you navigate that conversation with the person who had taken over? For you, did she stay on board? Did you let her go? How did that play out? Uh, I let her go, uh, and it was uh, not pleasant. Uh, and because I think she felt she was doing a very good job, very smart lady, had all the skills in the world, but for whatever reason, uh, she opted to uh, take things to a level that was more self-serving and not in the best interest of the company. And uh, so we talked and we, uh, we separated amicably, but it was, but it was a shock to her. And I just realized that that's that philosophy of, you know, putting yourself first uh, and not the employees. It's uh, that's not a recipe for success. Mm. 
What was your, when, when those three employees came into your office and shut the door, <laughs> what, what was going through your head at that time? Uh, I don't know who's going to be listening to this, but the two words that came into my, to my mind was, holy shit, uh, <laughs> there's something going on here now. And, uh, but on the same token, I like, I don't mind being criticized as long as someone comes up with a solution and they came in and they offered some very constructive, uh, recommendations for us. And then frankly, after three hours with them, and that was a long three hours, uh, we talked about, you know, they said to me, you know, how can I help? Well, in that case, how can they help? Uh, because they all were very smart, high-level folks who had been with the company for a couple of decades, and they wanted to see us succeed. I mean, this was an industry that we founded back in 1886, and nobody wanted to see it die, and particularly me, on my watch, having a family business uh, not make it is not a pleasant uh, task. But so what I did with them, quite frankly, I kind of moved. Most of them were on my management team anyway. Uh, but we put together, you heard about the uh, uh, weekly meetings. We spent most of that time just digging into the issues that they shared, you know, with me. And then I used many of my contacts in the Philadelphia area, business owners, to, you know, kind of meet with them too and say, how are you handling all this stuff? And, you know, mm. this is before yeah. Link. This is before you know, all this, these other resources are at your fingertips. Uh, they really were the guiding light to uh, not to start to open my eyes, but to be part of the uh, the solution as a part of the problem. Part of the problem because they could all come in just as easily and told me to go to heck and and quit. But I think they saw the you know, the culture we had here at one time while we left, you know, we lost it for a bit there and just wanting to to get back because they love what they did. You know, they're, they're managing nonprofits and this was a love of theirs. I mean, obviously not being around here for 20 plus years, you know, you don't stay that way unless you really are fond of what you do. And so I give them a lot of credit and I give my wife credit too for telling me I was full of bunk. Uh, having read this thing and realizing that, you know, you, while I was cocky at one time, while I was full of myself, uh, that was the first and last time I'll ever, you know, embrace that approach to leadership. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Can you give any specific examples of what, what happened inside the company that, that kind of killed the culture so fast? I think we stopped listening to the employees. Uh, they would come in and, you know, make recommendations and nobody would follow through. Now, listen, some of the stuff mm -hmm. they recommended was just, just not feasible, right. but, but right, we just, right. didn't, we didn't even get back to them and saying it's not feasible for this reason, A, B, C, and D. So go back to communications again. That's, you know, you got to keep everybody in the loop and particularly where at that point in time, this new generation of people coming on board needed to know not just the what's, but the why's. Why am I working so hard? Why am I helping you grow the company? What's it, what's in it, basically what's in it for me? 
and yeah. and I want to I want I want to help you, but you've got to help me help you, and that's where it gets back down just to saying, you know, I I gotta I, I've got to I got to talk more and and get you get information from you is it is it was remarkable. Yeah, I talked to a guy, you know, I said, I said in the in this visit you, I said, how long does it take to to change the culture of a company or to go back to a culture of the company? They said, oh, four to five years. And mm. I, I somewhat fleetingly said, well, can I do it in three months? Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it was more of just a change in philosophy on my part. And we and I became a better person as a result of that. Uh, and it's I look back on those days as kind of look with as being a bit of a blessing and a curse. Uh, a blessing because we we righted the ship pretty quickly. Uh, a curse because you know I sh should have been more on top of it than I was. Uh, but when mm -hmm. I learned what I had to do, it didn't take long for me to to fix it uh, because not just me. I mean, let's give credit to those three people and and others within the company who rallied around the call and said, you know, we're here to work together. And those three people actually, unbeknownst to me until actually about a year later, they spent a lot of their time working the crowd, if you would, going back to all the employees, talking mm. to them or on, on a peer-to-peer -peer basis. And um, it's it, it worked out, you know, it, it worked out well. And it was a, it was a learning experience, albeit painful at times. But, you know, we all go through this in, in our lives. You know, we, we do some things that are right. We do some things that are wrong. And I, I think it was good. I, I was just happy. As, you know, you're always going to be remembered, not so much for the mistakes that you made, but how you dealt with them. And uh, I think that's what helped me and the company is realizing uh, what I had to do. And, uh, and then I went ahead and did it and didn't let anything stand in my way. Excellent. What um as we as we bring this recording to a close, what advice would you have for our CEOs that might be in the same situation? I early in my career, I was not big on consulting. I don't even like the word consult. Um, even though pretty much that's what I am now, ironically. Uh, but it's more of surround yourself with people who are brighter than you are. Uh, mm -hmm. Find people out there who are willing to talk to you like a Dutch uncle, uh, tell you what you need to hear versus what you want to hear. And I think during my career, I'll bet you I've been through 15 to 20 consultants, uh, all of which have a different set of skill sets. But by tapping into them, I was I learned so much. And mm -hmm. I for all all concerned having finding people who can help you drill down and identify issues and be a bit of a sounding board. Again, a little bit of that outside board of directors mentality uh, and to get them to think uh, of ways in which they can uh, really be a, be, a, be a contributor because every one of those consultants that I had did a fabulous job. Uh, not one of them was that I feel it wasn't worth the money. But by doing so, it just it made me feel much better. Again, it was it was part part therapy, uh, uh, but they all came in with some information that I never had. 
And, you know, going to, you know, meetings and whatnot, you don't always pick that stuff up. You, you need to have that third party come in and be very blunt with you and say, this is what, you know, here's what you've got to do next. And more importantly, throughout all that, hold me accountable. Uh, and that's, I, I think at the end of the day, accountability is, is tantamount to, uh, to success for any organization. Yeah, definitely. That's some, that is some great advice. Well, I thank you for sharing your story with us today. It's, it's really interesting to me. My takeaways from it are how fast a wrong hire can damage your company. <laughs> I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know the story before we sat down to talk today and, and that was, that really stuck with me, but then also your willingness to number one, the courage of your employees to, to be able to come in and have that hard conversation with you. That, that speaks to your, your personality as a leader that they, you had built that kind of relationship and then, and then your willingness to listen and take action. So that was a great share. Well, I appreciate that. And thanks for your time today. And uh, hopefully uh, this was something that was of, uh, will help you going forward as well. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Becca. Thank you for tuning into this podcast and participating in our movement to become better leaders one day at a time. The ultimate compliment you could offer is to share this with someone else who would also benefit from it. Have a great day.